0: Thank you, Mark and Diane and church. Uh, wow, that's uh, humbling. And just think I could run for president and clean up the trash in this country. <laughs> no. I'll stick with what I know. With. <laughs> Kevin, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want that. Amen. But this heartfelt words, they mean a lot. And I know it's from all of you and, and your kindness. And, you know, pastors usually last about three to five years and then they move on. <laughs> Uh, Maybe we should move on. I don't know. We've been here for 20 plus years, but we feel God's called us here and uh, that there's a legacy and there's a future uh, for your children's children and that will outlive us old ones. Amen. And so uh, we feel that and that mandate. So thank you. Thank you, all of you. Thank you for your kindness Um, announcement. We we uh, added another eight chairs this week. So the matching was, was only five chairs left, so that brought it to 13, so we have 248,000 coming in, and since May, end of April, absolutely amazing, absolutely miraculous, it really is, nobody's strong arming anybody, the Holy Spirit is speaking to people, and that's how I always wanted it, you know, we engaged uh, trustees, we remember, years ago, and uh, you know should we bring in fundraising people I just had I just didn't feel any of that I just like you know what God can speak to his people and uh, they can do what he tells them to do and they will be blessed for that super abundantly and that's what's happened so uh, absolutely miraculous thank you and we can we can do this through Christ amen we can, we can do this more than this, but we can, we can do this. Amen. Um, I just want to say a huge thank you for Tuesday. I, uh, Mandy did a great little video there with the kids, and, but it was a cold, windy day. So all of you that came out on Tuesday, would you please stand? It was actually from uh, Steve. It was there from probably 9 to 10. We left. Can you stand? Those of you who helped, I see you out there, who you were. And let's give them a hand. Thank you. They came out. Uh, And and just worked, laid that blanket. Thank you so much. Uh, It was amazing what they got accomplished in seating. And thank you, Steve, for orchestrating that and all of those who stepped up to the plate. What a tremendous blessing that was. And also, thank you for those who have given towards the Brinko Birthday Banquet. You could still get in and get a table to sponsor you don't have to attend. If you just want to sponsor your business or your family or your name, on behalf, I would read that. Uh, all the sponsors at the end of the evening, uh, it's $150 for a table of six. If you'd like to come, one or two or six, just let us know. We have tickets for you. Uh, and thank you for those that have already generously given. Uh, we, I believe we will make our goal. We'll exceed that, I believe. so. Amen. Let's take a moment and pray and ask for God's blessing as we share his word this morning. Lord, I humble myself before you, and I recognize that in and of myself, I have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit within me, I ask that you speak through me. Lord, your people, they are hungry. We are hungry. We are hungry for you. We're hungry for your presence for your outstretched arms, your miracles. Lord, we don't need a fancy sermon. Uh, We don't need to see a show or some fancy song. Lord, we need a demonstration of the power of God that is relevant to all of our lives today and these crucial times. And so we ask that. We ask that you demonstrate uh, your greatness, Lord, in our midst. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said Amen. Amen. Um, I asked Curtis just to throw up a background uh, because I don't have a three point message for you this morning. Um, I have something that I've been mulling over for probably a few months and I hadn't shared it till now because I felt I needed to before what I want to share next week. So before I get into what I'm going to share, let me just give you a little taste of where I sense God was leading me in these weeks to come, and I feel the Lord wants me to talk about America, our nation, and freedom. Can I get an amen? And, and what that we are under attack, and, but not just talking about, you know, the negativity, but giving answers. What is our response? What can we do as a people? Amen. And, and where we should stand up, all right? And so, so that's next week. But today is a convicting message for me, so I just settled it. I I have put this message off for a few months because I thought, well, you know, I've heard some things, heard some stats, and then uh, <clears throat> so I kind of put it off. And some of you may think, well, is Pastor Mike getting soft? No, uh, there's times I get convicted, and how many of you know that God can speak to me too? And so I got a feeling he's going to speak to others here this morning. <laughs> but he, I'm just telling you that I've been convicted by this. And, and so when I share this, I don't share it as an authority. I share it as one that has been convicted by the Lord. So I might jump around a little bit, and I hope it's not confusing to you, and I may just preach a little bit, but uh, uh, let's just begin. I want to talk to you about trusting God when nothing else makes sense. And we're living in a time when nothing makes sense. And, um, you know, in a sense, as I said, I put this off, I felt like the older men ready to stone the woman caught in adultery. How many remember the scene? You know, it's, it's in the Bible, it says in John, and it talks about how they brought this woman out. She's caught in the act, and all these guys come out, and, and uh, they kept demanding an answer. So Jesus stood up again and said, all right, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. We all know that, remember that. And then he says, then he stooped down again, he wrote in the dust, and, you know, there's a whole message in that. But it's verse 9 that convicted me. It said, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until the youngest. And I thought, that's an interesting phrase right there, from the oldest to the youngest. Why is that? Because when the older you get, you're more conscious of your failures. You're more more conscious of your sins. Now, we're not supposed to be sin conscious, amen? We know we're forgiven, but you recognize that the older you get, the more you need God, is what I'm trying to say. And the more you know nothing, (laughs) you know? And even though, may God, speak to you and give revelatory, and people go, oh, pastor, what a great message. I walk around thinking, I don't know nothing. I don't know what's going on, because I need God. We need God more and more each day, and I see how dependent... I need to be on him. And we know that there was a beam in their own eyes, and they were trying to remove the, the moat in someone else's. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that this morning. But my text is really about faith and hope. Romans 4.18. And this is what really stirred me as I as I interject a number of components into this message, but in our response to faith and hope. And so Romans 4.18 You can just jot that down, but there's a phrase and I'll get to it more in a moment. It says this, in hope against hope, Abraham believed. Wow. In hope against hope, Abraham believed so that he might become a father of many nations. According to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. We welcome all those online. We appreciate all of you tuning in. God bless you. We believe God's best for you and that his spirit is even speaking now to you here this morning. The Bible says in Jude, verses 122, it says, and on some have compassion. some shall compassion. This is where you think, oh, is pastor might getting soft? No, compassion is in the Bible. Thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, see what I mean by about being convicted? And having compassion makes a difference, is what the Scripture says. You know, some people deny that this pandemic is real. I've heard that. Got awfully quiet in here. And I personally know people who sadly and unfortunately have died from it. I've, I personally know some. Thank God nobody in our church. But as of this week, more than 4.9 million people globally have died from COVID. And it's estimated, and maybe it may a changed a little bit uh, just from last few days ago when I got these stats, 741,000 of those have been in the United States. All a colossal tragedy. Isn't that right? It's a tragedy. It's horrible. And then I just looked, in 2019, the CDC average death in the US is 2,855,000. Just people that die every year. Heart attack, cancers, I mean, it just goes on. And then in 2020, uh, when COVID hit, it was 3,359,000, but about 500,000 more than just the year before uh, lost life, about 870 deaths per 100,000 in population. But from the beginning of this pandemic, I've listened to Christians argue about the virus from every angle, myself included. <laughs> See what I mean by being convicted? I didn't want to share this message. Uh, some believe the virus was cooked up in a Chinese lab as a biological weapon. I've heard that before. Um, if that's true, I remember former President Trump, Donald Trump saying that that, that that would mean war. Some say health experts are exaggerating the numbers. I've heard that. We all know about the story of the guy in Florida on a motorcycle. Sadly, tragically, he was killed, but he had COVID. And so, you know, we know that. <laughs> I mean, some say the virus is a hoax and that it's really not that deadly. Now some believe that COVID vaccine is a sinister plot to kill us all. often quiet here this morning. See what I mean by being a convicted message? It's going to get deeper. (laughs) Some say it's the mark of the beast. Six six six. I mean that right hand and forehead. But if you don't have a right hand, well, I guess it goes on the forehead. Let me just interject. Can I bring a little truth? This is not the mark of the beast. You can make your own decisions, but as a pastor, no. The mark of the beast is mo- most likely a spiritual mark of loyalty. How many of you know, as a believer, God marks us? All right? And, you know, so it, it's, it, we are children of God. We are sealed by the Lord or Satan, the Antichrist. It's not something that accidentally you get a jab. Oh, my gosh, I'm condemned because anyhow. Boy, I know, I can just feel it's getting tense in here. James 1.19. This is why I felt convicted on this. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. Amen. It's in the Bible. You know, I try to keep my mouth shut when people share their theories and political views. I try. (laughs) <laughs> why proverbs eighteen thirteen says this if anyone gives an answer before he hears the facts it is folly and shame in other words one translation says you're stupid and embarrassing and insulting see what i mean why i put this message <laughs> on you know i think about what's going on in the whole pandemic it seems like a a a scene from The Wizard of Oz, 1939. I remember The Wizard of Oz, you know, that movie. I remember, I think I was probably maybe seven or eight years old when I saw that, and Dorothy, played by Judy Garland, and then there's the scarecrow, and there's the lion, and there's the tin man, but there's a scary scene when they make it to the wizard, right? I remember that going back. And so they meet the wizard, and and he's just this demonstrative, scary, you know, personality, And, and then we find out it's Frank Morgan. It's a little short guy behind the curtain right? And and he's pulling all these strings, and friends, God is not shaken in this hour, okay? He's not shaken in this hour, and and, and, and that little man, you know, the wizard is really the mode of operation of Satan in this hour, and he seems really big, and he seems really scary, and it seems like he's winning, but he's not. I said he's not, because God has a plan even when Satan rears his ugly head. And, you know, at first, none of us, we really true knew who was behind that curtain last March. You know, we, we, nobody knew. Basically, the word was, hey, basically, most of all, you're going to die. Everybody's going to die. And like, what? And how many know, we sure know a lot more after 21 months, okay? And, uh, and, and some truth, hard to find, but some truth has come out, okay? And we go, oh, wait a minute. So let me just say this. I certainly don't trust all the experts. Because, number one, they don't agree with each other and number 2 they lie okay they lie and, and the science of the virus is not conclusive so but meanwhile this is what i want to focus on is that, that this virus seems to have a mind of its own when you think about it, it's just this is the craziest, it morphs into different strains. So we think we got it, and we, we, got a, you know, we got a vaccine or a number of them, and don't take that one, take this one, don't take them all. No, I'm not, you know. And then it's the alpha, this is the beta, the gamma, and now there's the delta. Now there's the delta plus. <laughs> I just thought, you know. And then there's the mu variant, and who God only knows what's next. But in some people, they have little reaction to, to this COVID. Uh, my wife and I, we had it last uh, October or whatever, and it, it made it through. Uh, thank the Lord for that. But many, many of you had it. And uh, uh, I know people that got it in their 90s. I heard of a veteran and didn't even faze him. 90 years old, the guy. And uh, had hardly any symptoms. Well, other people, they get very sick. And some die after they're infected. And even if they wore masks, even if they social distance, even if they stayed in isolation, even if they were vaccinated with all the booster shots, it's crazy. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. And what's unsettling uh, to me is when people deny that, that, that you know, it's even it's even real and, and there's a whole contingency out there. Um, possibly maybe they don't know anybody that got sick or that died. I, I do. I mean, I have seen families as well as churches uh, devastated by the loss of what this pandemic has caused. I know personally, my wife and I, as a pastor in another state, next to here that just passed away, it was on September 24th, he was my age. And he was in the hospital for a while and, and, and he, he died. And it was just tragic, uh, just, just hearing about that and knowing that church family, it's just very, very sad for the family and the church body and we've, we've prayed for them. And uh, just uh, uh, some stats here, the Church of God in Christ is one of the largest African-American denominations in this country. The number of the Church of God in Christ leaders who have died since March 2020 is beyond astounding. Observers wondered how the Church of God in Christ will navigate its future with so many of its leaders gone. 30 prominent bishops have died from COVID and their clergy. These are Pentecostal leaders. Okay, we're charismatic here. So the Pentecostal leaders, prominent, they're all dead. Same is true all over the world. Countries such as Malawi, India, the Philippines, huge numbers of ministry leaders died from COVID. Even when their churches were in quarantine, lockdown, they weren't even meeting. In January of this year, 2021, an evangelist named Stephen Lungo, he succumbed to the disease at age 79. He was known as the Billy Graham of Africa. In February of this year, televangelist Frederick K.C. Price, he's a word of faith preacher, he uh, died 89 years old, complications from COVID. I would listen to him at age 12, 13, 14 and 15 in front of the big black and white TV on Sunday mornings, hearing Frederick Price preach, he's gone. In Nepal, where Christianity is a minority uh, to, to, to a minority faith, 130 pastors had died of COVID by July 2021. 130. One of Nepal leaders told Christianity Today in June, in the month of May, pastors were dying almost every day. He said, I have never seen something like this. So say, okay, Pastor Mike, what are you getting at? What are you trying to say? Here's one of, the, one of the few points that I have this morning. Friends, my appeal to us all today is that we would show some kindness in this season. That's a Selah moment. No, Pastor Mike's not getting soft. We should show some kindness, especially to the families of loved ones who have died from the virus. We should show some compassion and we should show some empathy. I mean, if someone you know was the casualty of this disease, I don't believe it's the time to share your opinions about mass mandates, come on, antibodies, vaccines, Dr. Lord Fauci, or the greedy motives of the pharmaceutical companies. Nor is it time to ask, were they vaccinated or not? Ouch. (laughs) Instead, as a church, we should offer our heartfelt condolences. Come on now. We should share a kind word. We should pray for them. Amen, Pastor Mike. Pray for the family, the pain. Instead of causing more pain with maybe our impossible you know, misconstrued insensitivity. Philippians 2, four says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty pride, but in humility, consider others more important than yourself. Ouch. <laughs> Each of you should not look only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. John 3.17, actually, others is what we talked about in the last few weeks about the, the cup the four cups, and it's actually the fourth cup. John 3.17 says, God did not send his son Jesus into the world to condemn and judge. That's actually in the Bible. Did you know that? He said he didn't send Jesus to condemn and judge the world. He sent Jesus to save them through him. That doesn't mean judgment won't be executed. It will. Actually, to condemn and judge actually means in the Greek to initiate the final judgment of the world. There is a judgment coming, but Jesus came, to seek and save the lost. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we know the world is experiencing a, a global tragedy. And we're thankful that it's not as bad as the black death or the spanish flu, but millions of people in 20 and 21 have buried parents, spouses, brothers, sisters, friends and pastors. You know, going back to our text at the beginning, Abraham, Abraham was 99 years old, Bible said. And I can imagine he was wondering, God, Where are you in all of this? Where's my son? It's been 25 years. You've told me I would have a promised son in a nation. Nothing is happening. And I think even this morning, it's hearing the exhortations and from the worship team, and it's in line of, God, where are you in this? And what, what, what is going on in the midst of this crisis? And, and this is where we see the cry of Abraham coming out, basically. Where's my son? I mean, Sarah was barren, and, 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 and really, both of them, they could really do nothing to help God except trust and obey. That's it. That's where we are at. It's a church in its nature. We are to trust and obey. Now, it doesn't mean there's certain things we cannot do, we, we need to do, but, but when it comes to this, this crisis, that is where we are to live every day of our life, trusting and obeying God, even when we don't understand. Okay? That's my point this morning. If you're not living that way, it's going to show. It's going to show. When I think about this in the story about trusting God in crisis, uh, John Bunyan, famous writer, long time ago, in a book called Come and Welcome to Jesus Christ, he, he contrasts belief and unbelief. And Bunyan says, faith believes in the word of God, but unbelief questions the word of God. And he says, Did you hear? He writes about the lady praying for food and trusting God. She knew he would provide, and so her landlord was an atheist. He knew of this lady's predicament. So what he did is he went out and he bought her some some food just to see what she would say, knowing he's atheist and he got it. She came in and she saw all the food and she just started praising God and thanking God for his provision. And he stepped out and said, ha, all you Christians are alike. You believe God got you the food. I got you the food. She said, listen, friend, I believe God for the food, because he promised me in his word that he would take care of me. I don't care if he used the devil to bring me the food, I still got the food. Amen. <laughs> what do we do? What is our response? How do we trust God in the midst of this crisis? you one thing I am and my wife and I are so very thankful for, and I mean this with all sincerity that the Harvest Church family is a caring, it is a giving, it is a loving church family. It is a compassionate church family. It, it, it is, I am humbled and I'm blessed by this. And I'm not just saying I mean this. I sense this. And this is just something I say, others that I talk to and hear say that this church body is the healthiest it's ever been in the 20 years. You know, when you start off, you get people that come and go. You know what I mean? And you help, you pour your life, you sacrifice, and then they leave. <laughs> and you just continue to do that. You begin again, you begin again. But we've gotten to a place where God is blessed. And he's continually adding more and more solid, solid men and women of God. That And, and, and the baby's being born. We're known as the baby church now. Just thought I'd let you know that. All the babies, I had someone come from outside the community and says, hey, I got a mattress for you. Brand new baby mat- crib mattress. Do you need it? And I said, I wish someone could use it, you know? So, so we're the, like all these young people and family and strong families and this is the truth. I'm so thankful. Galatians 6.2 says, carry one another's burdens in this way and you will fulfill the requirements of the law of Christ. That is the law of Christian love. So in this season, as crazy as it is, and it doesn't, it's just a lot doesn't make sense. And we're kind of questioning, all right, God, where are you in all of this? We have to abide by the law of Christian love. That's the highest law. I've been convicted by that. And so uh, maybe you can just sense and feel my heart in all this. And so here's the thing. I believe God is going to turn this thing around for his good somehow. And I, I see some of the signs of that already happening, really. And as a church, I believe we're ready, but we need, some of you need to kind of step up to the plate. And I don't know who you are, but you just need to, maybe if you're not ready, be ready as a people, as this church, to, to be his hands and his feet of compassion and hope and life to a loss in a terrified world out there. When someone is fear-filled and terrified, and then they meet someone that's not, that's magnetic. I said, that's magnetic. They're like, okay, why ain't you in hysteria? I remember we uh, had a, uh, a little... Uh, Office space, uh, another spot when we first started the church, and 9/11 happened, and it was you know the tragedy. We all know we were at and and uh, there was someone that was leasing a space adjacent to ours, and they kind of came out, and they knew we were at church, and they, went, they were just, like, terrorized. They were so fear-filled. and Oh, my God, what's going to happen? You know And my wife just spoke and spoke peace to that situation. And I remember the, the woman just saying, how are you not so fear-filled in this moment? And my wife began to share, we have the Lord. We trust in Him, and our faith and hope is in Him. Can I get an amen? And so I believe God's going to turn this thing around. I know, we've all been. I mean, we thought 2020 was bad, and we think, well, we'll get through that 2021. I think 2021 is almost worse than 2020. I mean, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. But here's the thing, we've all been stressed out. Ventilators, fevers, chest pressure, inflamed lungs, quarantine, social distancing, funerals, weddings, and endless political arguments, on and on and on. But we need to be reminded of, hear me, church, that there is an eternity on the other side of this broken, disease-filled world. That is our home. So don't even think of like, well, we're going to get to this. This is my place. We have to think from heaven's perspective. There is a home. There is a place where there is no viruses. Come on. There's a place where there's no taxes. Glory to God. There's, a <laughs> there's no political arguments. Just think of waking up every day and loving everybody every day. <laughs> hey, high five. How are you doing? You're not mad with anybody in heaven. Come on. Sometimes I have to dream of that stuff. It's going to be a day. And you're going to be tripping over us. Oh, that was just a golden nugget. I'm sorry. Let me just move on. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. And there is an eternity on the other side. And so embracing this moment, even though we may not totally understand it, and I'm not saying I do. I, I don't. But even though we, we, we do mourn the deaths of our brothers and sisters in Christ, what do we do? We need to hold on to faith. Did you hear that? knowing that God can cause all things, even a pandemic, to work together for our good, for his good. Can you say amen? And so even though the situation, still it seems like it's bleak in the natural, but I want you to know this. So did Abraham feel the same thing. Think of getting a word from God, getting a promise in 25 years, nothing is happening. God, where are you? Where are you, Lord? What's happening? What's happening? I think Abraham felt the same thing. But here's the thing, as I kind of bring this to a conclusion. Romans four eighteen says, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. The odds were completely against him and Sarah to conceive. But what is the Bible saying? Abraham continued to believe anyway. What is that? What is that? Not only did he believe, but he expected God to fulfill his promise. And I love this statement. When there was nothing left to hope for, Abraham still hoped. When there was nothing left that was good to see, turn on the news, it's all bad, Abraham had hope. That's who we are called to be in this hour. So why, Pastor Mike? It's just just building yourself up, positive power, thinking, "No, no, 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 not at all. That is faith in the midst of crisis. That's what faith is. That's what God has called each and every one of us in the midst of this craziness. The Bible says, because of this, watch this, watch this. Abraham became the father of many nations. What do you mean, Pastor Mike? <clears throat> Not only did his faith and hope bring Isaac, but a legacy. Someone shout a legacy. legacy. A legacy is being birthed in this hour. A legacy is being birthed in harvest. A legacy for your children that are four years old, six years old, two years old, six months old. Come on. A legacy is being built. So what do you mean, Pastor Mike? We are here today because Abraham had faith in a crisis. Abraham, you could say, had faith during a pandemic. And he didn't lose heart. He didn't lose faith. It seemed hopeless, but he still hoped in God he still trusts in the Lord. How many with me say amen? And so we have hope in God despite a hopeless, seemingly situation. And because of this, generations were changed. Did you hear that? Generations were changed because of hope in a crisis. When it seemed hopeless, generations were changed. Maybe God is looking for a people that in a hopeless situation will begin to say, you know what, I'm gonna trust God. And I'm going to stand up for what's right and truth and I'm going to fight and I'm going to hold my ground. Having done all, stand. Amen? Wow. Despite hopelessness. Know this. Watch this. Our faith, your faith doesn't just impact the current situation we're praying for. It impacts all those around us. Wow. All of us. And one day, we will be able to tell our children, I believe this, that we are here because of faith and hope that we had for them in the future. Faith and hope. Not only will our children that'll be born and our children that we have, but their children that will be born and their children's children and children that will be born if the Lord should tarry, if he should tarry. Abraham's hope and faith created life-giving power in that season. And that's what God is calling each and every one of us. Stand with me if you would, please. We've heard that our faith can move obstacles and mountains. But see, today, I think more than just saying that, you need to recognize that your faith can birth a legacy. Fa- Do you hear that? Your faith in this season births a legacy, not just for you, but for your family and for your children's children, and that's what's happening. Why did God call us as a church 20 years later to start to build a building during a pandemic? (laughs) I don't understand that. I would have not have chosen that. But God said, now's the time. Because he knew that in the midst of a crisis, people need to see something that's hope-filled. I mean, if we would have built when everything was great, and it would have been like, oh, they're building their church here. But now, in the minds of people, even people in the world, what's going on? That means that there, there's something about God I need to consider. You've got to understand how low-level people in their thinking about the Lord, it affects people. This is massive. This is huge what the Lord is doing. You know, we should be hunkered down, hiding, you know. But no, God's told us to break out. He's told us to move forward. Can you say Amen? And so, so, despite how hopeless the situation is, we need to continue to expect God to fulfill His promises. So, a few questions, and I'm going to pray. With every head bowed. So, how's your, <laughs> how's your kindness and compassion level? Amen. In this season, maybe it's right up there. I had to, I had to adjust some things in my heart. How are we, and how are you, demonstrating faith in the Lord today? And then, this thing about legacy and in hope. And do you expect God to fulfill His promise to you? Well, Pastor Mike, it just really seems bleak and hopeless. That's where Abraham was. And he hung on to God in a absolutely, in the natural, hopeless, no future, Now everything's lost. It's all crumbled. And God, where are you? And God says, no, 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 no. What the enemy meant for evil, I will turn around for your good. For your good. Sorrow may last a nighttime, the Bible says, but joy will come in the morning. What does that mean? You can trust, you can hang on, be faithful, hope in this season, and your trust is in the Lord. And God will turn this thing around. As I conclude, I'm gonna pray, but I just wanna read a verse about trusting God in the midst of crisis and know about Job. But the interesting verse, verse is in Job uh, chapter 23. And as I conclude, I'm gonna pray right after this. I just wanna read this and just let this sink in. Someone needs to hear this. Job is really upset. He's vexed in his soul. And he's angry at God. Job says this, I'm completely in the dark. He said, I'm not letting up. I'm standing my ground. My complaint is legitimate. God, you have no right to treat me like this. This isn't fair. That's in the Bible. Mm. If I knew where on earth to find him, I'd go straight to him. God, where are you? I turn to the right or left, where are you? I can't find you. I lay my case before him face to face. I give him all my arguments firsthand. I find out exactly what he's thinking, discover what's going on in his head. Do you think he'd dismiss me or bully me? No, he would take me seriously. This is Job writing about God. He'd see a straight living man, straight living woman standing before him. My judge would equip me for good, of all of the charges. He says, I've traveled east looking for him. I find no one. Then I travel the west, but not a trace of him. Where are you, God? I go north, but he's hidden his tracks. Then I head south. He's not even a glimpse of him. Where are you, God? I need you now in this moment. Where are you? But here's the verse that answers everything in this moment. But yet... I know he knows me. I know he knows me. He knows where I am. He knows what I've done. He knows where I'm going. He knows everything about me. He knows every detail of what is happening to me. And when he has examined me, he will pronounce me completely innocent, as pure as gold. Shh, come on, lift your hands this morning. Father, we just surrender afresh into in you. Lord many of us we don't understand where you're at in this moment some of you you have just resigned yourself to just giving up and I want to challenge you here this morning hope against hope have faith in God trust like Abraham you have the faith even more so under a new covenant under the new precious promises you have hope God is with you and just like as Job was completely in the dark And he couldn't find God. He cried out. And I believe the Spirit of God made him pen this, that. Even in the midst of this, where I don't understand and I don't know how to respond, a legacy is being built. God, you know me. You know right where I'm at. You see me tomorrow morning when I get up and it's cold and I grab my coffee and I go to work. And maybe I'm feeling a little bit Sad, Or I'm feeling a little bit empty. Or I have to face the weak. Or I'm feeling lonely. And God says, I know you. I know everything about you. I'm watching you as you left the house. Hallelujah. I'm watching you as you're going to work. Uh, you may think I'm ignoring you. But I see everything about you. I know you. I know you. I see you. I see you and I love you. I have not forgotten you. Is coming a time, I'll be tried pure and solid gold. Father, I pray right now for the people of God. Lord, we sense Your presence. In the midst of this confusing, unsettling time, we make declarations here this morning. I declare that Church for the Harvest and the families of the people, the individuals, Lord, we will stand in faith and hope. We will hope against hope. We will trust You. Lord, we trust that You're building a legacy. You're building a legacy in us right now where it seems like nothing in the natural with our nation and this pandemic and and the nations and and what's happening and the fear and the leaders and the lack of leadership and all of this, Lord, we we just cast before you and we say, we hope against hope. You have not given up on us. You're not giving up on America. (laughs) You're not giving up on this nation. Lord, you've not given up on me, my family, my life personally, you have not given up, but we make a declaration today. We will trust and hope in you in this season. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. You're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I, I don't even, I can't even, I can't even conjure up hope because I feel very hopeless. But you don't know the Lord. If you walked away from the Lord, you may have come here and visited and you're just checking things out, wondering what's going on. It's a little bit different, this church. But but God is speaking to you right now, sir, ma'am, young person. God is speaking to you, and there's a stirring, and there's another step you need to take. You say, well, what is that? In this moment, it's, if you don't have the assurance of salvation, it is the step of faith. It is the step of receiving Christ in your life. It is the step, well, I, I believe in God, but, well, you know, no. The Bible says the Word of God is written that we may know we have eternal life. God wants you to know this morning. Maybe if you're watching online, you say, I don't have that assurance. You can pray a prayer as I lead us all in corporately here in a moment. You can pray to receive Christ into your life. It is, it is an action. It is faith. It's the decision you make to receive Christ. The Bible says God will come into your spirit, man or woman. He will save you. You will become a new creation. God will forever be with you. As you hear this morning, let's pray corporately. Say, say Jesus, I believe He died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I surrender my life to You. I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, save me. Thank You for saving me. I declare today that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, I give you my life. Now take it. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, God meant it. And the Bible says you are born again. Born anew. The Spirit of God now has come and live with inside your spirit man or spirit woman.